When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brought to you in association with Benfield Motor Group. Enjoy 15 edge offers on 12 great car brands at drivebenfield.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of our podcast, Everything's Black and White, on a uh, lovely day outside, but uh, another grey weekend for Newcastle United. Uh, I'm joined here by Lee Ryder, the Chief Sports Writer of the Chronicle. I'm Mark Douglas, the Newcastle United editor of the uh, NCJ Media titles. Um, and Lee, let's start with yesterday. I mean, so many different strands to kind of pick up. But I mean, let's start with what happened actually on the pitch uh, 3-1 defeat, it didn't feel like Newcastle United were ever really going to go and win that game. That's just my take on it, but it didn't feel like Newcastle United ever really looked convincing in that game. They don't seem to have the confidence to to, to be in a position to win a game. It's mm. all right winning a game, but in football you've got to actually give yourself a platform to go on and win a game. And Newcastle never really done that. I know they got back in there 1-1, mm. but after that they, they just seemed to go AWOL again, conceded a really... Cheap free kick, felt sorry for Carl back in a way that it was him who conceded yeah. it, but then let down by disorganisation. And you know, we can sit here and talk about how, how, how bad they were all day, but for me, I, I think the best way to look at it is, is that I think Jan Matt, uh, Colbeck are the, are the two players who are trying to carry a team, a poor team, um, who lack confidence. Uh, I'm not going to be too harsh on, on people like Perez and Armstrong because it is young players, mm. but I think there's a few senior players that do need to take a long, hard look at themselves. Uh, any, I mean, we sort of talk about those kind of senior players. It, you wrote a good piece today in which you sort of mentioned about some of them that you think might have actually been at the club a little bit too yeah. long, possibly feeling a little bit like they're above Newcastle United when their performances aren't really showing it. Yeah, I think, you know, I meant, I, I named names in the piece, you know, and I, you know, I would. I would if if the players were disappointed with with that coverage, then I'm, I'm only writing what I, mm-hmm. I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mike Williamson tries hard, but I think really he knows that his days at Newcastle might be coming to, yeah. to an end. He's certainly not playing like a player who who wants to to be here. Almost, it's mm-hmm. almost like it's it's become too much for him. Thirty games he's played this season. Well, he started. Yeah. A lot of games this year. I mean, he's reliable from from that point of view in terms of he makes himself fit and available. But I just think it, it it's taken a toll. I know he was the only fit centre back as well, so you've got to be balanced. And there has been games. I mean, I just think he's one of the players who's definitely suffering from some kind of confidence crisis. When you go back to the Aston Villa game back in August, drew nil nil. Williamson was man of the match. He was mm. dictating the play. Mm. Then he got sent off, and it's kind of spiralled uh, up and down a bit for him. Um, it's kind of spiralled from 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 that that point onwards. I mean, Colacini I mentioned as well, um, thirty three, still picking on a massive wage. Yeah, you know he's let the team down for me this year with red cards and things like that. Uh, Ryan Taylor, I think his 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 days are coming to an end. 
Dufran, Overtan, mm. you know, I could keep going. Um, but as I say, the best way of looking at it is looking at the two positives, which was Jan Matt and Colbeck. As I say, we don't have a go at the young players too much. Um, but Tim Crow as well, I was disappointed with. Yeah, two, two big mistakes, actually. Yeah. Um, John Carver, after the game, I asked him about uh, what Glenn Hoddle had said about him. One word answer. Uh, I think that was a stare that could have probably uh, cut glass that uh, John showed me when he, when, when he answered the question. He's backing him, but I mean, he well, he's been poor the last few games. Yeah, he's, he's got a back him, hasn't he? He's got a back all his senior players. Uh, you know, he's not, it's, it's hard to pull a player to pieces in front of the press because if you're doing that, you're effectively going to lose the dressing room. I think anyone who's you know, been involved in, in management will, will know that. Um, but you know, Tim Crowley's been a great servant for the club. Has he been here too long? It's a bit like the shake giving one, wasn't it? Yeah. When he's, he's just had enough and he actually mm. almost said that and he wanted to leave. Um, but, you know, a few weeks ago, Tim Crowley, you know, he told the fans he was a Geordie and he, mm. he wanted to stay, but that performance yesterday was uh, one of the worst games I've seen him play. Yeah. I mean, what what, what really worries me, because we're kind of like we talk about, I mean, it's clearly not a team that's good enough at the moment for Newcastle United. What really worries me is that they're placing a lot of faith in Graham Carr moving forward. That team looks so unbalanced, and the players that have been brought in, you know, while, while there's been one or two who've looked okay, obviously Yamak we've talked about, who looks really, really good. That did they not? They hadn't seem to have addressed the problems last summer. You know, they, I mean, you've brought in Colback, you've brought in Yamak. Actually, look, they look fine. But I think you know, there's a piece going in, uh, going in our paper tomorrow with Mick Quinn saying they look lightweight. Mm. And my worry is that the players that we see mentioned, and, and those tend to be the kind of players that Graham Carr's gone for you, um, you, you your Anitas, your Cabellas, yeah. who's really, I expected Cabela to come on in the second half of the season. He, he hasn't, he hasn't, has he? He's just, he's flatlined. I mean, he was really anonymous yesterday. He did nothing, uh, which is worry for me because it's not just about what they're doing at the moment. It's about, well, Graham Carr is obviously the kind of player that he likes, and you sort of think, you know, can they integrate those kind of players? Because they don't seem to. Something seems to go wrong when talented players come to Newcastle at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think my, my take on it is, and we, you know, I, we've got to look at it deeply. We've got to analyse it. Now, the start of the season, you know, you had Graham Carr in place. A lot of signings uh, that that he approved went through, but then you had Alan Pardew who. From what I'm led to believe, he didn't kind of see eye to eye with all of mm. Graham Carr's signings. So I think that there's possibly that bit of, um, you know, the balance isn't there. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see what will happen going forward um, with the blueprint the way it is. Who gets a job? We'll talk about that. Yeah, that was the next question. <laughs> um, but will this person dovetail better with Graham Carr going forward? Because for me, Alan Pardew, he put Cabela in the team for a few games, dropped him, mm. confidence affected. You know, you've just moved to a new country, playing a new league, and then all of a sudden you're on the bench, um, hot on the heels of Ben Arthurgate. Yeah, yeah. Who's a, a, well, a playmaker? I'm not saying he was a similar player, he's, he had a similar job. Um, Riviere, few games, played up front on his own, never done that before, then he's axed. So I'm not defending these players because overall they haven't been good enough. But what I'm saying is, is that a chief scout and a, and a head coach has got to, to mould together mm. and, and get what they want and that wasn't happening. And now we've got the knock-on effect of that. So 
I think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. It's a mess, isn't it? It's an absolute mess. I mean, an interesting rumor that we kind of get, we kind of picked up a little bit from social media at the weekend. I think it's kind of been, it's gained legs because Honest Gutierrez's couple of tweets at the weekend, which people think were uh, referring to what I'm about to ask you here, Lee. John Carver, there was there's, there's sort of a question marks over whether John's got the job already, whether he's actually banked the job already now. Interestingly, people have accused you over Twitter, I think, the last few days of sitting on that story as if you kind of know, um, which, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have thought was very risky. I mean, what do you know about, about that situation at the moment? Well, what I do know is that it hasn't been decided yet. Mm. And I think Lee Charnley's been quite firm and said he'll make the decision at the end of the season mm. when all the, all the results are in sort of thing. Um, it's not looking too good for John no, at the moment. No. Um Two wins. I think Sky put out a little package there today just yeah. to, to maybe kick him when he was down a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, his record hasn't been good enough, and I, I think if you, he'd be the first one to admit that mm. if, if, if you spoke to him. But mm-hmm. if you look at the circumstances, then, you know, he, he has been dealt a pretty tricky hand. Mm. But by the same token, it's his team, it's a job he wanted, and it's up to him to, to get all the players together and go out and get results yeah. um, so I think it's a, it's a real mixed one but there's, from what I've been told he hasn't been given the job just yet um, will he get it depends on the next five games yeah. is, it, is it looking good for him not from where I'm standing yeah. um, I think there could be someone in the background Interesting. I mean, I, I personally just think it would be, and, and, and I know this is this is just a personal belief, but I just think it would be catastrophic at this point to give him the job. I think that the momentum, public opinion, has just completely gone against him. Yeah. I think that he looks, to be honest, like he's maybe just been handed a job that. It, I mean, it's a poison chalice, completely a poison chalice. But you know, you've seen maybe Tim Sherwood come in in similar circumstances at Villa with a, a really difficult team, probably a better squad than Newcastle have got actually in the second half of the season. But he's managed to turn it round. There was a brief hint, I think, a couple of times where you thought, oh, they could actually be kicking on here. And before the final against Manchester City, I remember we sat down and said, look, his record's not that bad. They haven't done particularly well, but his record wasn't that bad. Now I think there's absolutely no argument at all that you could forward for John Carver getting the job, for me anyway. Mm. I just don't think he looks um, like a Premier League level manager at the moment. And I, and I know that that will be something that, you know, it, he would argue that, that it's not the case, but I, it's just it's just my personal belief and, um, you know, it, it's out there anyway. But I mean, obviously it wasn't just about the game on Saturday, um, Sunday, sorry. There was also quite a lot going on outside the ground. Um, I just start with um, you know the, the the two weeks leading up to it, Lee. Yeah, weird situation for me and you, and probably this newspaper group to be in as well, because um, at times it felt like we were kind of somehow central to the situation. Um, we were accused at the start of ignoring of ignoring it, which I think by the end we'd run more than anybody else had. Um, but just your take on those two weeks, and I mean some of the things that were kind of like fired at us were that we were kind of sitting on the fence, that we were scared to write about it, yeah. um, which I don't think was the case. I think, I think that's, that, that, that was kind of unfair. But, I mean, what was your sort of take on the two weeks? It, a, weird, a weird situation for us. Probably we've never been in that situation before where people are mm. asking us, to mm. what, what do you think? You know, I mean, we, that, that's happened for us before with football, but never with something like this. Well, I mean, to be honest, any, anyone who says that we were scared to write about it now probably feel a bit a bit silly after two or three front pages I think we had eight people covering the boycott yeah. at the game yesterday inside and outside the ground 
Um, we sent reporters to Leeser's Park, um, and I believe no one turned up for the second part. Am I right? Is that right? I think there was nobody there for the. I don't know exactly about outside Melbourne, but I think there wasn't there wasn't many people there. I don't well, think Leeser's changing this for safety reasons. I couldn't do anything at the Melbourne stand. Yeah. Um, the second part, from what our reporter Michael, Brown, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The, what the video he put out, there was nobody there. Um, but the first part, I thought it was the the most noticeable protest since two thousand eight. Mm. Um, I think the people involved in it did very well. Mm. Um, they did it properly. Uh, you know, there was no violence or yeah. no silliness, no no rests. Um, nothing silly like that, you know. They made the point, and then they went wherever they wanted to go uh, to watch the game. Um, a few people on Twitter, you, you know, you're asking me reflections uh, on the last two weeks. I don't like seeing people who want to boycott having to go. People who don't, because some people have paid for the ticket, they're mm. entitled to go and watch a match yeah. if they want. So I don't, and I, I don't like people abusing people or accusing them of. Uh, you know, of sticking with the Ashley regime. I think most Newcastle United fans want to see some change mm. of some sort at the club, um, and, and and that's it really. And as far as us not backing the boycott, I think uh, well, I certainly think I wrote about ten or eleven pieces on it at a yeah at yeah a rough count absolutely in two weeks. So that's maybe you know that's probably my my answer to that. Um, I know the organizer. Um, on NUFC stats, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've had, a, I've seen a few little comments from from him about my my stance on it, but you know, without seeing the guy face to face and and sitting down and having a proper chat with him, I don't know what type of character yeah. he is, and obviously won't reveal his name, so we don't know who he is and what he's about. So mm. I, I find it difficult to to sit down and have a conversation. I certainly don't think it's healthy having little digs at people on on Twitter. Um, and that's it. I'm just, I don't know. Did the, did the ducks get fed in the end? <laughs> Probably not. But I tell you who did. I tell you what did get fed, and that was my sense that. This is probably the the one occasion I think since I've been here in like probably five or six years where I felt like there was genuinely a mood for change, and, and mm. I don't think the club can ignore this anymore. And that's mm. what that was the really interesting thing. Whatever you think about everything. It was remarkable to walk into St James's Park yesterday and see that many empty seats because, you know, we can argue over what the figure was, what the figure yeah. wasn't. Um, it, it had an impact. Mm. And the club can't turn around and say this is not anymore. And I think this is their, you know, you talk about ducks. I think this is the chicken. I think this is the chickens home, coming home to roost. Mm. Uh, that isn't even a saying, is it? I've got it completely wrong. But I think this is definitely, this is everything coming to a head for Newcastle United it's two or three years of treating people fans that is the media um, some of the players as well um, like not particularly well I don't think and and they are finding now that it is very difficult to reverse this whole tide of negativity and you know they could have they could have stopped it at very certain points they didn't need to sell the players that they did in January they didn't need to make enemies of the press they didn't need to you know infuriate supporters in some of the ways that they have over the last four or five years and it's all very well talking about bringing players in in the summer but it's not just about that because they did that last summer as well mm. um, and, and, and you know I, I kind of applaud anybody who's trying to stand up and say do you know what we're sick of it because we get we've had it quite a lot this season where people have kind of said well, why aren't the newspaper leading this leading that and sometimes you feel like to sort of turn around and say well look you know 
there's nothing really there for us to get behind because there was nobody really talking about yeah. change and now it's back on the agenda and I'm absolutely you know I'm absolutely all for people kind of talking out and actually physically kind of doing something about it and talking about it and, um, you know I'm interested in what, what happens next I think it's you know I, I like to see all sides represented yeah um, yeah, yeah and, and balance is the key isn't it and I think we've done that um, I think especially you know with the boycotters we, we've given them a great platform um, they said they were going to do something they've done it we've covered it mm. and that, that's how it should work um, I don't think you pick sides people oh you're sitting on the fence and well no we're not because I've spoken to a lot of people who actually want to still go to the game they still want to support the team mm. and ultimately that's what football is about supporting mm. the team and that is the point isn't it Lee that everybody it's, there's nobody there yesterday who and there were a few people today like celebrating the fact that it was a low attendance I mean really that shows how broken the club is really because actually what those same fans who are celebrating the low attendance really want mm. is to be talking about the great days again um, and that's and that, that really is, is, is where we are is there any what, what can the club do to, to do this or what, what can happen I mean, is, it, is it just soon, when Ashley goes well ultimately what you've got to look at is uh is, is there a buyer out there for Newcastle United? At the, answer, at the moment, that answer is no. Mm. And is Mike Ashley going to put it up for sale? At the moment, that answer is no. Would he listen to offers? Yeah, he would, but there's no buyer out there. Mm. So it's a catch-22 situation for me. If um, there was someone out there, I don't know, say Freddie Shepard had enough money, would he be the right man to come in and do it? He got a lot of stick last time. There you go. You know, yeah. he, he got, you know, had had protests. You know, I've seen I've seen it down the years at Newcastle. It's not it's not just Mike Ashley. It, it, whoever comes in, there's a certain expectation that you've got to you know do what's right for the football, mm. do what's right for the fans. Which isn't that which isn't as difficult as Mike Ashley makes it out. I mean, if you talk to some of those protesters, really. They're not saying we expect to win the league, and they're actually saying, "Look, we know we've been a lot worse off than this." And you, I mean, Lee, you went to a lot of those games where the team were a lot worse than they are now. But this does feel worse in some ways because there's kind of like not necessarily worse, but it feels different. It just feels like the, the team is in in a really bad place at the moment. Um, if they lose on Saturday, it's the first time since 1977 they've lost seven games in a row. Incredible, and that's obviously not good enough for any football mm. team not just Newcastle United so very uh, disappointing to see uh, the team in the with it. I mean you were at the game yesterday you've seen it you know all the fans were there seeing it I think there was a couple of moments that stuck out for me as really bad one where Ryan Taylor tried to kind of roll a pass to Obertan and he almost like fell over the ball <laughs> um, and then another one laughing. and then another one well if you don't laugh you'll cry uh, Ryan Taylor played a free it was quite a good free kick quick thinking to Perez and he just wasn't on the same mm. wavelength and that's not having to go at him it was just obviously there's, the organisation doesn't seem to be there yeah. Yeah. if you're going to take a quick free kick it, everyone's got to be aware kind of thing but mm. I don't know it's it, it's hard I mean all kinds of things the set pieces yesterday weren't good enough there was no drive when the team went behind heads were down mm. seems to be a default Expression yeah. for a lot of players where they're just looking at the floor, and I don't know. It's like which manager? If you bought in a manager with five games to go, um, if that was the scenario, would would they be able to change much at the, at the moment? Sky doing well at Crystal Palace. <laughs> well, there is there is that. 
but I mean, to be fair, I think Pardew was finished. At the yeah, end, he was. He was absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a, a joke there. I, I, you know, I think that. Um, just rubbing more salt than yeah. just puts a tin lid on the season, doesn't it? Really? He was fine, wasn't he, Pardew? When he first came, he, he had a level, and he's probably at that level now at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Newcastle United's a bigger club for me than Crystal Palace. Difficult, different things, and you know he, he was his own, he was his own worst enemy as well. There, I mean, I think, I think what's interesting for me now as well is that there's kind of this undercurrent of all, all of this stuff's going on. The gap to the bottom three was shaped to seven points on yeah. Saturday. Um, a few teams with games in hand although Sunderland have a game in hand and that's against Arsenal mm. and they've got Chelsea on the final game of the season so do you think they'll be safe? Having looked at all the pros and cons and possibilities in an article that you'll see in the next edition of the Chronicle <laughs> um, Good plug Good plug um, I, I think we'll be fine um, I say fine I think they won't go down mm. Um if they, you know, if if they do lose every game from now till end of the season, that'll be eleven wins on the on the on the spot on the on the spin. So, they, I, I just hope they can stop the rot quickly. Uh, um, I've I've tipped them for a win against Swansea, and that's maybe just hopefully give them a boost. But I would say if they can stop the rot against Swansea and just get one more point on the board, mm. I think we'll all be feeling a lot better and sleeping a lot better. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've had a decent night's sleep for about two years now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what do you, what do you think? Do you think of a point, or can they lose every game and still stay up? With? I think I think the the difference is that what's going to maybe save them is that Hull have got a very difficult next yeah. few games. Sunderland have got those last two games, and, and Sunderland aren't much better than Newcastle. You know, obviously they are a little bit better because they won the derby. Um, QPR and Burnley. I mean, what, what worries me more about Newcastle's situation is they've got Leicester and QPR to play. Leicester at the moment are probably the form team in the bottom half of the division. Um, QPR at home isn't an easy one. I think. Do you remember the season, the Europa League season, when Newcastle went there and? Oh, yeah. They really had to dig in Newcastle that day. Yeah. They had a better Ooh. team, Newcastle, now then than they did now. Um, so when Rob Elliott got sent off. Yeah, he did. He did. Steve Harper came on for the last few <laughs> last few minutes. It, it, it just seems to be a perpetual kind of cycle of of nothing. So, I mean, they're at least keeping it exciting for us. I mean, it's depressing, but it's yeah. exciting. At least we've got something to write about. Um, unlike uh, unlike some other clubs in the league, I, I think they'll stay up. Yeah, I think they'll stay up. But I, I wouldn't want it to go down to four points next weekend. Um, and then be looking at going to Leicester because then it really is. Well, if it gets on at one point, then I'll be quite nervous. But I don't think it will because no. I think other things will play out. I think there's teams. There's still actually a buffer of three teams yeah. below Newcastle who aren't in the relegation zone yet. So, yeah, famous, la- famous last words. I think it, it's a bit like 2009, though, wasn't yeah. it? Like, we'll be all right, and then it was kind of three games go. Well, we might be all right. Yeah, well, they, you know, they were in a worse position in 2009 at this stage, weren't they? They, they, were, yeah. they, were, they were, they were, they were, they'd been in amongst the mix for quite a while, and I think, I mean, they were, they were really lucky, really, that they beat Villa the other week because if they hadn't have done, I'd be extremely worried now. Like, I would, I really would think they can get caught. But seven points is probably seven points is probably going to be enough to, to keep them up at this point. But I mean, you know, two hundred fifty to one before the Sunderland game, they were. Yeah, well, I did check the odds, um, and Newcastle are 
some bookies will give you 50 to 1 yeah still long odds isn't it still long odds and it's probably accurate odds as well Mm. Um, one little bit of bright bright ray I hope that we were talking about a little bit earlier Sen de Jong um, probably going to be back I know you've done a piece uh, you've done a piece today I mean we've kind of talked about Sen de Jong and probably the season unravelled a little bit when he got injured Mm. do you think I mean, if he comes in, if he plays a little bit, I mean, is that, I mean, you well, know. It'd be a massive lift if you had Sim de Jong uh, available for Swansea. Uh, Paul Dummett would come back as well. I, you know, I know people, that might be the next debate we'll have uh, <laughs> in the next few weeks about Paul Dummett coming back because I know he splits opinion. But oh, you'd take him now, wouldn't you? For, Absolutely. For me, he's 100% now. Mm. Um, a good player as well. Yeah, sometimes, you know, attitude's more important than ability. Um, so well, welcome him back as far mm. as I'm concerned and you know at least he play with his head up yeah. rather than his head down and you know let's let's get behind you know the players that are coming back mm. and hopefully they can get a, you know a good win good win against Swansea to keep, keep everything calm and then yeah. then they can put the flip flaps back on it's been an interesting one Fine, last question I, I, I've seen on Twitter today I, um a lot of people are saying, "Look, boycott the Swansea game as well." Personally, having seen the t, having seen the, the the message that was sent out this weekend, I actually think it would maybe send a stronger message if everybody came back for the Swansea game when the players probably do need them. Yeah. And it kind of shows, look, we had forty odd thousand there on Sunday, and then now they've got fifty thousand there on Sunday, and it's like yeah. almost a message to the owners in yeah. some way. This is what you could have. Um, that would be my take on it I don't know what, what you think I mean some people are saying look we need to boycott now full stop but without maybe that official voice which we've had for the last two weeks of people driving it forward and saying this is a unified message the fans probably do need to get now maybe or not maybe they don't need to mm. but for me personally I would say look get 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 uh, get behind the team again get back in the ground you've you know that would be my take on it I don't know what your, th- your thoughts yeah, um, that's a good question actually I'm, I'm going to look with a lot of interest to see what actually happens next mm. because um, I think while there, you know there was a lot of people boycotting um, I still think there's been a bit of unrest between the two mm. ca- two groups or different groups it's uh, always been it's always been an issue hasn't it that, that, yeah. that there's never been one group there's, there's always this umbrella kind of yeah. as many groups as there is I mean it's like it's, it's an interesting one with Newcastle because there isn't a Newcastle United supporters club as such where everybody signs I know there's an NUST mm. um, which comes up now and again and I know the NUFC fans United guys they hold meetings now and again but they are more a coalition mm. sort of group um, I'd like to you know to see what what can happen Hmm. Um, where everybody knows exactly what they're buying into, um, and as I say, if, if people you know want to do that, then I'm, I'd look into it. We, we'd write articles about it. Of course, it we would. Yeah, of course, we would. And, and we'd back it because I think that's in the past. I think other clubs where they've protested or they've, they've tried to make the point. Not, it's not just about protesting. It's about you know sometimes working with the, with the football club yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. I know. Obviously, you've got Lee Marshall there who does a good job from. from what, what we know yeah yeah Lee's a good Lee's a, Lee's a good a good guy isn't he it's a, a guy with a um, you know open kind of I think he encourages that that kind of thing but I'd, I'd like to you know to see what can happen going forward mm. um, and, and see where we go with it and that, that that's what I have against Swansea it's a good question because some people now will feel 
they can't go back. Mm. They've made the stand, and it could be the, the start of something, you know, something that takes it to another level. I, I, I don't know. But then again, if, if they do come back, they've, they've kind of made the point. But then where do we go from there? Yeah, yeah, that's, 50,000. So. That's the key, isn't it? And and I think really, I mean, we've, we've kind of put a message into Ashley out today and, uh, you know, I'm sure they will get back to us at some point. But really, it's that leadership, isn't it, now? Because people are kind of saying, oh, some people are saying boycott Spurs, some people are saying don't. Actually, quite a lot of people on Twitter are saying, I, I, I didn't go to the last game, I won't go to this one as well. If that's a kind of unified message, then you're kind of saying, look, it, it, that makes sense. But it needs to be a unified message because if some people stay away and some people don't, then it, there isn't that unity there. And that's yeah. maybe the next step where you t- what you're talking about. It has to be a proactive, kind of productive think, and constructive campaign now. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I think as well that people need to know who's leading the campaign. You know, it, it can't be behind cloak and dagger. For, for me, it can't because, especially when people, you know, people asking for money as well on, on, on some of these sites you want to know where that's going to all that we need to see something a bit more solid if mm. that makes sense where the fans know exactly what the, the situation is and they're, all, and they're all going for it but as I say we can't tell anyone what to do no and, that, and yeah that's that's the main thing I mean I, I can kind of see the, the point of the anonymity in a way because they're sort of saying personalities in the past there's a lot of very high profile people and they're defi- divisive in a way, but I do agree with you that, that we really need to see, we really need to see something that's actually concrete and and, and put down, and you know, yeah. especially with the with the with the donations as well. Yeah, and that needs to be kind of like what what the money's going towards. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But but when it is cloak and dagger, then how can the club then meet up with these people if they don't know who they are and they're mm. not willing to say who they are? I don't know. It's almost like a bit of a standoff, really, yeah. isn't it? You get to a certain stage because. At some stage, if Mike Ashley does sell the club, then they've got what they want, mm. and that's totally understandable. If they don't, then the points that they're upset about, they need to get them across to, to you know, the the fan forum, mm. Lee Marshall, people like that. So they, he needs to know who they are. Mm. It's 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 really it's really interesting. I'm sure we'll come back to it as well. Like the, the dynamics of this supporter group and this the, these these protests are going to be just as interesting because what they've done and, and I like I think the people behind the Sack Pardew and Ashley out um, they've won a few like pretty big PR battles and they've they've kind of you know they've they've dominated the agenda now twice. It's, it's yeah, remarkable well, what they've done. As um, I say, it, but it has to have a next step, doesn't it? It's a success in terms of. Forget the numbers for a minute. It's a success in terms of it's been in all the newspapers, yeah. all the big newspapers, Sky, especially you know the local press yeah. have covered it. Uh, it's been on Sky, as you say. Jamie Carragher was talking yeah. about it. It's been on Talksport. Mick Quinn was talking about mm-hmm. it on his show. It's been on Radio Five, BBC London. were all over it yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's given them a platform to 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 say that they're here. Mm-hmm. But now we look forward to seeing what the next step is. Yeah, and hopefully. Three points at the weekend, but uh, but yeah, it seems like the uh, the least or most of our worries at the moment. Lee, thank you very much. We'll be back uh, before the Swansea game, uh, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll be hopefully talking more about football and uh, big wins in the next couple of weeks. <laughs>